Welcome back to Talk to Talk with your girl Anita Love. I'm coming here from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm good. My family's good. And another day you know is always good. That means I'm blessed and I'm here. So much has happened since the last time I've been on the podcast. <laughs> Rove versus Wade had been overturned and... I don't even know how I really feel in regards to that. I'm at a point in my life where having more kids is not something that I feel God has for me. But if he does, he'll see fit the way he chooses. I'm one of those people that do not believe in abortions. However, I've never been one of those people that try to tell someone what to do with their body. I think is unfair, unjust. I think it's wrong. I think it's very disrespectful. I think it's controlling. I think it's very manipulative. I think it's a lot of things. But the most that stands out is controlling. And it's weird that so many people that are pushing and that advocated for this overturn are people that may not even want kids anymore right now or need kids anymore right now or anybody will want to have kids with them right now. And I meant just what I said. (laughs) I meant it. I meant it to be very disrespectful because to overturn this rule, this, this law is disrespectful. I said it. But let's be all the way 100 This law wasn't overturned because all women should have kids and should birth these kids and love these kids, regardless if you can financially take care of them, regardless if your health is failing you, regardless of you were raped, you were molested, regardless of whatever the decision is pertaining to you, how you got pregnant. This isn't about all. This is about white women. (laughs) This is about preventing white women from having abortion. This is about protecting the white culture, community, legacy, population, whatever you want to call it. This is about them. And because this is about them, it's going to affect so many black and brown people because it's forcing black and brown people to now either not have sex continue to have protected sex that still could possibly lead them into getting pregnant. And if the outcome is for them to get pregnant, to take care of, to birth a child into this world that they may not be ready for or may not want, or they may have health issues that may cause them a more strenuous uh, health issues, they're going to be forced to make a decision on how or what they need to do. It's going to have people finding other ways of having abortions or you're going to have kids being left at fire stations or in hospitals or with their aunts and uncles and cousins you're going to have so many more situations that it's not even it's going to be unbearable but it's going to affect the black and brown community in a far worse way than it will the white or caucasian group of people and everybody knows that the people that overturned this the people that are speaking up about it, the people that are supporting this, 
the people that are disgusted but feel like we as black and brown people shouldn't be having this fight. We already know what's going to happen. We already know what's going to happen. And what's even more funny is I hardly hear men speak up about it. I hear, I've heard some, but I've hardly heard enough. Because when women have these abortions, there are so many men that are not ready as well. So they benefit from this. Now, there are some men that be like, oh, no, don't have abortion. Don't kill my baby. I want you to have. But do you really want her to have that baby? Or are you concerned that if she don't have this baby and things don't work out for you and them, that you'll be able to trap them or hold them hostage? I don't know. I'm just saying. Those are things that I think about when I hear people say certain things regarding someone else's body. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to process. And we have to open our minds and we have to be get ourselves ready and prepared to fight because this fight of right and wrong and fairness and equality is not going to stop just with this law. There are other laws that they're working on overturning. And for the black and brown community, we have to figure out a way to come together and fight these fights together as one. Now, I didn't want to come on this podcast and preach and do this long, drawn-out talk because that really wasn't what I was coming on here for. But it's been a minute, so I had to just speak on the different topics that have crossed my peripheral and have came across my tongue. Um, also, R. Kelly was found guilty. And he was sentenced to 30 years. And so many people of the black and brown community have had a lot to say about him being sentenced harshly. Uh, the infamous Boosie. Boosie badass. And let me just say this. I am a fan, was, am, semi, however you want to word it, of Boosie. I think that people should have a right to express exactly how they feel regardless of what it is. The problem I have with all of this is he has been very expressive when it comes to kids being able to make decisions for themselves at an early age at the expense of their parents. Their parents still take care of them. They, their parents still clothe them, feed them. So he doesn't feel that a child at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old should be making a decision to have a transition from female to male or from male to female. That's his opinion. And like so many people that have a problem with people being honest with their opinion, I'm not one of those people. I may not agree with Boosie, but I hear what he's saying. And it does make you wonder how a mother can have these children. They take care of these kids. They are financially responsible for these kids. But everybody wants these children to be able to make decisions for themselves but anything that those kids do that's not lawful, they don't go to school, they don't do what they're supposed to do, it goes back on the, on the parent, and the parent is the one that's going to jail. So we're giving kids all these leeway, all these passes, all this room to make adult decisions, but they're not being held accountable as adults. Those problems goes back onto the parent. So if your child don't go to school, the parent get in trouble. If your child constantly goes to jail and constantly have problems or the child gets sued, that go they can sue the parents. So it's different things that, you know, plays a part in certain things that I just it just gives me mixed 
thoughts about and it just confuses the situation as a mother it it just I, I don't under, I don't quite understand all of it I do think that sometimes we jump to make decisions on what we want to do without thinking everything through or without allowing our body to uh, mature enough that's just like women that get breast augmentation or they get breast implants or they get something done to their body where it's an enhancement. And most time when people do certain type of cosmetic procedures that are young age, especially when we talk about breasts, you don't know exactly if your breast is going to is what it's supposed to be because as you get older your your body changes you get more fat tissues more hormones different things happens which can cause your breasts to be a little bit grow a little bit so when you get these big implants and then you start getting older those fat tissues get a little thicker and your boobs get a little bigger and that's not what your intentions was so sometimes when we make these decisions to have these cosmetic procedures done i don't think sometimes we think about those things as clearly as we should and we make Make these decisions too early in our life is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> However, each is own. I don't knock anybody. If you want to enhance your beauty, you do that. But make sure that you're enhancing it from the inside out. Make sure that whatever you're doing to the outside is already there in the inside. Because if you're not happy in the inside and you're searching for something Having cosmetic surgery is not gonna it's not gonna fix that problem. You're gonna constantly be searching for that fix. Right? So Boosie felt like R. Kelly was sentenced too harshly. And it's funny to me that most of the men that have felt this way, some of them have daughters, right? And now law of abuse, something were to happen to one of Boosie kids. Or something were to happen to someone else's kids that's on the side of his, him being sentenced too harshly. If that happens to that child, then would it be too harsh if, it was, if one of your kids were the victim? Well, let's just say one of your kids, it did happen to one of your kids. And it was a family member. You would be okay with that family member getting sentenced to the maximum. But you're not okay with R. Kelly getting sentenced to the max because R. Kelly did so much to the music community. But R. Kelly knew how much he contributed to the music community. He knew how much people loved his music and people respected him. That's how he was able to get away with what he was doing for so many years. Now, it's been a lot of finger pointing to the parents. Finger pointing to the parents. I 100% feel that the parents should be held accountable for not being responsible for their children. Now, let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Everybody know that when some of these young girls get a certain age and they have in their idea that they can do this and they can become a model, they can do this. Sometimes they may not be as honest with their parents about everything. Does that mean that that give R. Kelly the pass to prey on them and take advantage of these immature, naive young girls that trusted someone that's well known, that's well connected that they thought could help them with a music career. But let's go a little deeper. What about all the ones that testified against R. Kelly after the fact to protect themselves so that they don't get jail time? What about these off-duty police officers that were security guards for R. Kelly and they would leave from being a police officer, take off their uniform, 
become a security guard for R. Kelly, knowing that R. Kelly was doing this, then put on a uniform and leave knowing what R. Kelly was doing. What about those people? What about all the managements, promoters, all his friends? What about all of those people? What about his celebrity friends that knew that he was doing this? What about all these rappers and celebrity singers and these actors that knew what R. Kelly was doing, heard about what R. Kelly was doing, knew what he had did with the late great Aaliyah, and they still said and did nothing. They said nothing. They did nothing. To this day, they said nothing. And I can name a few celebrities that at one time, I vaguely remember them being close to R. Kelly, and I haven't heard them say anything. Anything. And see, for me, I know what it feels like to be victimized. I also know what it feels like to be hurt with, from your own family. I also know what it feels like for someone to minimize your pain and what someone cost you. And I would never want my daughters or anybody else's daughter to feel that. Or to make it okay that someone did this to you, but it's okay because they did this. Oh, they had a great career in that. Oh, they touched so many other people's lives. So therefore, it's okay that they did that to you. It's not okay. Or people only want you to care when it affects them, boosie of the world. See, you know, you beat a murder charge and you that humbles a person. Normally, good people that wants to do right and they feel like God gave them a second chance, especially with boosie fighting, beating cancer. It humbles you, right? And then you have daughters and you have sons and you have to raise them a certain way and things of that nature. But how would you feel if someone did that to your daughters? How? Why does it only matter to the black and brown community of what happens to other black and brown young girls and boys only when it hits home to you? Only when it's someone that you know, only if it's your daughter or your nephew or your cousin or your sister or, or someone that you know. And why is it that it got to be excused because uh, you feel that the parents should have been held responsible or other people was involved in it? We're talking about the person themselves at the moment that actually took advantage of these young girls, were imprisoning them, well, enslaving them, sexually assaulting them. Beating them, traumatizing these girls for the rest of their life. The rest of their life. And if you were following this case and nobody was moved by any of the things that these victims testified to, something is wrong with y'all. Especially if you have daughters, especially if you have mothers or sisters that you love and care about. How? How could you even be like, oh, well, you know, I'm still going to listen to his music. Okay. <laughs> and your point is what exactly? Because my point is you don't give a fuck about what he done to these black and brown girls. You only give a fuck about what he did to the music world. So as long as a person give good music, he could rape, he could molest, he could commit child porn. He could do whatever he wants to, as long as he did great to the music. And then we always get brought up about, well, Elvis Presley married an underage girl. Mm-hmm. That made it okay. And a lot of black men married a lot of underage girls, too. 
Did you ever wonder why your father is 80 some years old and your mom is 56 years old? You never wondered? You never wondered? But because that happens, that made it okay. Would you, would you allow for your daughter, would you be okay for your daughter to go be with a grown old ass man when they were still a kid? No, you wouldn't. But you know why most young girls were older men at that time? Because those girls decided that they liked this older person. And the parents said, you're not going to play house with my daughter. Either you're going to marry her or she's staying at home. And that's how that happened. You either going to take care of her or she's staying at home. You're not playing house with my child. And that's what happened. That's what happened to a lot of black and brown women that ended up in these relationships, in these marriage with these old men because they saw these old men and these men didn't look old at the time. They were attracted and they liked these men. And they said, I want to be with this man. And those girl's parents said, oh, we ain't doing this. Either you're going to marry her and be with her or else. And now it's like, well, I ain't none of my old, my grand. You might want to learn some shit from your grandparents and your great, great grandparents and your great, great aunts and your, all of those people. Cause I'm so sick of hearing about old people, this and old people that like, as if y'all motherfuckers don't want to get old. Or maybe you're not. Or maybe you don't care. Maybe you don't think that you're going to go. Let me tell you something. I want to get old. I want to be blessed abundantly. I want to be here. I ain't ready to go. So spare me, Lord. But I just think it's just so disgusting that anybody would justify supporting R. Kelly in any capacity after what he's done. The reason he was sentenced for 30 years, you got away with it for 30 fucking years. His lawyer asked for leniency for a lighter sentence because of his childhood trauma. Poverty. His literacy deficiency. Not because he was innocent. Not because he didn't do the things that they said he did and he was found guilty of. They asked for leniency because of that reason. And you know how many of his friends and people that were acquainted to him that actually testified against him? Like, I don't understand. You know what? I don't want to understand. I don't want. I just say this to any mother or father that may listen to my podcast and that may support R. Kelly. Just think about if it was your daughter. Or your son, or your sister, or even your mother, that someone manipulated them, brainwashed them, abused them, sexually assaulted them, treated them like trash. And then people find out that this person been doing this, and everybody makes excuses. And find reasons to still support this person. And minimize what that person has done to the victims because of what they gave to the community of black music. Just think about how you would feel if that was your daughter or your son. So you shouldn't care only when it hits home. You should care regardless. These are children. 
that mothers didn't protect them. Fathers wasn't there to protect them. The court system did, didn't protect them. Law enforcement didn't protect them. People in, in R. Kelly management and, and all his crew that was around him, they didn't protect them. Music execs, R&B singers and rappers and actors that knew of what he was doing, they didn't protect them. And we were still streaming and listening to his music and buying his music and putting his music in rotation. Well, even though, yeah, he sold, you know, rights to his music, but he was still making money from his music. He was still making money from his music. And it just disgusts me how when it comes to black and brown women, how less uh, voice and how unprotected we are when it comes to our own black men. I said what I said. And that's something that we shouldn't ask for. We shouldn't have to ask for that. That should be guaranteed automatic. But I digress. I wish all women, all races, all ages, nothing but happiness, peace, and and love and support. And all those victims, I constantly pray for you. My heart cries for you. Because I can't imagine going through the things that y'all went through and being able to say, I survived this. But you are a survivor. And I see a lot of strength. A lot of strength. A lot of power. And I pray that you guys get the help that you need and you are able to flourish and have the best life possible from all the pain and trauma that you guys had to endure. I didn't come on this podcast to debate with anybody, to argue with anybody, to even really to even give R. Kelly any type of kudos because he did what he did and he should be punished. At one time, my heart was soft for him and the things he went, but he, he had the power to change that. You got away in 2008 and you did nothing to change your ways. You got worse. The people around you became worse protectors of you, your action, your crimes. No one tried to stop you. None of them were your friends. None of them looked out for you. None of them called you out for what you were doing. And so I don't have empathy for you. I don't. I had compassion for what you went through as a young child. The pain that you went through from your own family member and even your admission that you were so messed up at one point, you looked forward to it. But you could have changed that. And you didn't. Instead, you preyed on other young girls and you treated them like they were nothing. 
You took advantage of people trusting you. You took advantage of them not having family and friends and parents that was going to be protective of them. You took advantage of the fact that people wanted a way out and thought that you would be a way out. And for that, I have nothing. So I say this, I have daughters and I prayed often that they are protected and they're around people that are going to look out for them and that they don't take drinks from people and, and that whoever they are around is people that they trust. They're not going to get in the car with people that they don't know. They're not going to open their doors to people that they don't know. I worry about them all the time. I could see something on the news and I automatically get in panic mode for my own. And sometimes I'll text and I'll call and I'll try to do it randomly so it doesn't make it seem like I've seen some bad news or I've heard something. So now I'm worrying. My children are the best thing that ever happened to me. And I couldn't see life without them. And they're very strong-willed, very strong girls, intelligent, very beautiful. They are some powerful women. And I know that there's nothing that they can't do. There are often times I look forward to seeing what they're going to do, what they're going to get into. What new, new thing they're going to try out. I look forward to hearing about it. That's just how proud I am of them. But also with that comes process of acceptance of they may not view me the way I view them or they may not view the overall family connection the way I do you know the most hurtful thing to hear when you're talking to your friends and your friends are talking about their kids and you know you're talking about yours and and they talk about your kids feeling like you know, if you do something for them, that you owe them something. You can't give them direction if you've done something for them because they feel like you're throwing it up in, in your face that you've done something for them. Or you can see that your kids are struggling or your kids may may be putting themselves in a deeper hole and you want to help them. But because they've had conversation amongst each other negatively about their parents you don't even know how to help them. And like I told my friend, it's gotten to the point where I don't offer. You know? And I know not offering, sometimes they may need it, help, and I don't offer it because I don't know anymore. I lost a lot of me. I lost a lot of my, my confidence in where I stood with my girls. I lost a lot of that. To the point where I second guess a lot of things when it comes to our connection and our relationship. And I don't think I ever get that back. I don't think I ever get that back. And I, I share that with my friend. And I told her it's hurtful when you think about it. When, you, when you're alone and you're sitting down and you're thinking about the type of relationship that you have. 
and then you compare it to a relationship that you had, you could tell the difference. You feel the difference. You see the difference. And then it's like, why is it that you're the only one that see this? Why is it that you're the only one that noticed this? And so you don't want to become a problem. You know what I mean? You don't want to call and be like, hey, you didn't notice that we, you don't want to be that person. So you don't say anything. But not saying anything may not necessarily help your relationship. But I'm a prideful person, you know, and I'm a little old school mixed with a lot of new school, you know, having them and having them in my life and listening to their perspective and their ideas and their thoughts about relationships and parents relationship in particular. I've changed so much about me. I've changed the way I communicate with them. I changed the way I process information from them. I've even changed the way I connect with them. There was so much of me depended on them. And I was constantly losing me because I started feeling like I kept feeling them pulling away from me. Like I was an embarrassment or like they didn't want to be around me. And the more and more I would try to connect with them, the more I felt left out. And so I had to reprocess myself. You know, I had to rethink things and I had to accept that I know I'm a good mother. I know I'm a good friend. I know I'm a good aunt. I know I'm a good all of those things. I know that I have their back. I'm loyal. I know that they they trust me. And. I know that they know that if they need me, they could count on me, right? But I can't make them care about me the way I care about them. I can't make them want to connect with me the way I look forward to connecting with them. I can't make them understand or respect how I feel like I do for them. That's something that they have to want. And being a mother, being an aunt or or being a guardian, period. Loving people unconditional, that comes with it. There's no expectation on that. So I didn't expect them to treat me or make me feel or give me those things. I did expect certain things to be different. And it wasn't. There were a lot of things that I thought was one way and I realized that it wasn't. There were things that I was proud of that they wasn't. And it was a kick in the stomach and it hurted like hell. I'll be lying to you if I say it didn't hurt. It hurt like hell to realize that they didn't see me the way I thought they did. But it also gave me healing too. And it gave me affirmation that I know who I am. I know what I am and I know what I did and I know what I bring to the family. I know what I bring to them. And I know regardless if they appreciate it or not, I know that I was good to them. I know that. I just often wish that they would see it before it's too late. And I always pray that I don't change who I am before then you know because sometimes when you feel hurt and you feel like you misunderstood or you feel disrespected or you feel like you're not giving what you're giving in return 
Sometimes you'll tend to change and sometimes it's unintentional and sometimes it's on purpose. And I'm not saying that change isn't good, but sometimes people change because they're forced to change. And sometimes people change unintentional. Well, any change that I do, I want it to benefit me, but I also want it to benefit my girls too. I know what it feels like to wake up one day and realize that some things happen and I was a part of the reason why something changed that didn't necessarily need to change. Because I was stubborn. You know what I mean? Because I was being a hard ass. So I don't want that to be one of their stories later in life. And I want to make memories and enjoy life and be happy. But I also had to accept the fact that they don't want to make all these memories with me. They want to make their own memories. And that took a lot of adjustment for me as well. But I also know what it feels like to not feel like you owe a person, to not have people throw things up in your face that they've done something for you. But I also know that most time when people say things like that, it's he said, she said behind the door. It's negative thoughts and perception that you have of people and you're judging people because of that. And it's unfair and it's unjust and it's wrong, especially when you don't want it done to you. And it took me a long time to process certain things and to accept certain things that you can't change people and you can't change how people view certain things about you. When it comes to my family, that was the biggest lesson that I'm constantly learning. But the biggest of it, I have to constantly learn to love myself. I have to constantly give myself grace. I said all that to say that being a parent, it's not easy. And I used to think that once they become adults, that you're done. But that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. But sometimes you may get to a point where you have to let your kids go or whoever you're guardian of. You have to let them go and allow them to be them. But leave that door open that if they need you, they know how to come back to you. And it's, it hurts, especially if you see someone making mistakes that they don't necessarily need to make. Or when you hear and understand and see that people that you love are not being fair and not being respectful or truthful. And you want to say something and speak up, but sometimes you just have to just let them be and allow them to learn the hard way. And that's hard sometimes. But most importantly, if you know who you are as a person, as a man or woman, as a mother or father, sister, brother, aunt, cousin, whomever. If you know who you are to the people that you love the most and they don't know it, it's nothing you could do about it but continue to be real to you. Continue to be a good person. Continue to be loving and supportive. Continue to be real and honest to yourself and to the people around you. Because you can't force people to see what they don't want to see. You can't. And you will go crazy trying to. Just love them despite of. And forgive. But forgive yourself. Because we carry that guilt of not wanting to hurt our children to sometimes we hurt our own self. 
That's my time. I hope that this helps someone. I hope that people understand that saying pro-life doesn't mean, hey, everybody have an abortion. Respecting people to make decisions based on their body is just what it is. Respecting a person's right to their bodies to make a decision. And if we don't have a right to say we don't want to have a child, that puts women in a dangerous position when it comes to forceful sex. To say, I don't want to have sex. No may not never mean no ever again. It's already a tricky slope already. And there are always going to be people that's going to always be reminded of the music and the talent that R. Kelly did. But we're not asking you about his talent. We're asking you about the crime that he committed against so many young black and brown females. And how would you feel if it was your family? Would you care about the music then? And as parents, there's no how to God in real life. Those are just books that you read, but it doesn't it doesn't prepare you for the hands-on training. And we're going to make a lot of mistakes. And we're going to constantly be punished. We're going to constantly be told that the, our way of parenting is wrong. And social media way is the right way. And the way we talk to our kids and talk to everybody is wrong. And they have a right to disrespect us. They have a right, right to talk to us any kind of way. They have a right to not want us in their life, but want us to be in theirs. They have a right to want money from us, but not want us to remind them when they treat us a certain way or do anything to us that they've done this to us. Our kids have more rights to us than we do. And so in order for you to not carry that blame of always being a bad mother, you just have to be real to yourself. And as long as we are not abusive mentally, physically, and emotionally to our children, and we're doing our best to give them what they need and some of what they want, we're not going to always make them happy. That's my time, you guys. Remember, stay true to yourself. Do not let anyone else's thoughts and opinion dictate who and what you think of yourself. Continue to push to be better every day than what you were the day before. When they go low, we go high. And remember, let your family and friends know that you love them today, not tomorrow, because it's not promised. Peace.